My wife, Tracy, and I live in a set of apartments that are uh, right across from the seminary uh, down in Bexley at Trinity Lutheran Seminary. And the apartments we live in, um, we lived in them just for the first time this year, but there's something kind of unique about um, that set of apartments and that community that gets built in that place. Uh, You see, the way the seminary works, uh, traditionally when you're there for four years, you spend two years on campus, then you have a year off on internship, and then you come back again for your senior year. And what that does is it means every single year when the end of the year rolls around, about two-thirds of the whole community leave, some to go on internship, some to go off uh, because they graduate. And that means at the beginning of every fall, you have pretty much an entire new group of people showing up, some for the very first time, some coming back from internship. But every single year, that community that gathers together in that courtyard of these apartments looks very, very different. And for whatever reason, this year, it seems like everyone who lives in those apartments uh, has young children. There's tons and tons of families. And you can look out into the courtyard where the playground is, and it seems like no matter what time of day it is, whether it's 6.30 in the morning or 8.30 at night, there's like half a dozen kids running around and screaming and playing and jumping, and they're always out there. Now, the other interesting thing about these apartments is that every single one of them, whether they're one-bedroom, two-bedroom, three-bedroom, whether they're townhouses or just singles, none of them have dishwashers. Now, I should say, um, our apartment happens to have a dishwasher, but it's, it's me. <laughs> so, all of us, we get to spend a lot of time washing dishes, and I don't like washing dishes. I don't, I've never met someone who likes washing dishes. Uh, if you think you like washing dishes, I can invite you over, and you can wash dishes until you don't like it anymore. <laughs> but the one nice thing about that apartment is right above the kitchen sink where we wash all the dishes, there's a window that looks out into the courtyard. It's a window that looks right out onto the playground. And so as I'm sitting there scrubbing a pot or a pan, I can always look out and I see these kids from about two to four years old running around and they're laughing and screaming and playing and they're riding their little cars and they're screaming and they're yelling. and. And as I watch them, you know, I start over time to pick out certain things that's uh, more common maybe for a two- to four-year-old to say. They have certain phrases and words that they like to fixate on. One of my favorites that I hear all the time is this question, why? See, for a two- to four-year-old, there's really nothing you can say that can't come followed by the question, why? You hear it all the time out on the playground. Sometimes it even comes as this loud-pitched squealing whine of, Why? Because they've just done something and gotten in trouble, and they want to know why I'm not supposed to do that. And I think it's interesting, because if you look, try and look at life from the perspective of these little kids, they're two to four years old, they're trying to figure out what life is about, what's going on. And they have this question, why? That unlocks all of these different answers for them. They want to know why for everything and it's a powerful thing and I think that as we grow older we like to think that each of us doesn't say why as much we lose maybe some of that curiosity that as we get older we get a little more mature and we kind of understand things a little bit better but ultimately I think that for each of us 
inside our brains in the back, there's still that question of why, kind of clinging on for dear life. As we get older, we still want to know why. We ask maybe different kinds of questions, but we're always asking why. Why am I in the career I'm in? Why do I live in the place I live? Why do I come to church on Sunday? Why am I Christian? I think we imagine that these questions that we ask, these why questions, are somehow more profound or more powerful than the questions our kids ask of, why can't I jump off the slide? Why can't I stand up in the canoe and get eaten by alligators? Why can't I do all of these things that I want to do? But I think for all of these why questions, the answer is ultimately the same. For us and for our lives, for our two-year-olds, for everyone, the answer to why is because there is someone out there who loves us and cares for us and wants what's best for us. For a two-year-old who's trying to figure out why they can't run into the parking lot, it's because there's a parent who loves and cares for them. There's someone there who wants to keep them safe, who wants them to be happy and healthy and to grow up and to be powerful and productive and to have everything that a child should have. But for us, when we look out and we wonder, why? Why am I in this career? Why am I doing these things? The answer is ultimately because there is a God who loves us, a God who cares about us, a God who has filled us with gifts and talents, and a God who has sent us out. When we look at this gospel lesson that I read just a moment ago, it's an incredibly powerful story. It's a story about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, just moments away from being arrested and taken away to be crucified. And in those last moments, what Jesus does is pray. He prays for his disciples. He prays for the church. And he prays for each of us. Jesus prays for us and he asks this. Jesus asks God to make us one. To make us one people of God. That sounds, on the surface, like a really great thing. We want to be one. That sounds like a nice thing. One church, one body, one mission. Wonderful. But being one doesn't necessarily mean make everybody else out there just like me. See, being one means being one with people who are very different from us. It means being one with people who we disagree with. It means being one with people who we get angry with, people who live in different parts of town, people who are from different places, people who live in very different ways. You almost want to turn and ask Jesus, why? Why do we have to be one? Why can't people have their church over there and we'll have our church over here and it'll be great? But I think the answer to that why question comes back to the very same thing again. Because we have a God who loves us, who loves each and every one of us as a child of God. We come here and we gather together to worship a God who loves everyone, who loves all people without conditions. And we're called as the church to try and live like that ourselves. We're called to try and create a community 
where all people, no matter where they come from, what they do, who they are, where they've been, can come and be welcomed as a child of God. Now, as the church, we don't often get this right. But sometimes, sometimes we do. Sometimes we're able to open our arms to welcome people who we disagree with, people who we don't always get along with. And it's in those moments, those moments when we've gathered together as the church, when we're gathered together around nothing more than the body of Christ, when each and every one of us is only a child of God, that we get a glimpse of something truly amazing. We get a glimpse of the kingdom of God, of what God wants our future in this place to be. And it's that glimpse, that glimpse that we get through our relationships, through our communities, through our families and through our friends, that glimpse of the kingdom of God that we're called to take out into the world. Now, we're not all called to the same place and to the same careers. We're a whole host of different people. We're CEOs and we're students. We're Republicans and Democrats. We're scientists and we're engineers and we're teachers. We do vastly different things in vastly different places. But why we do those things is the same. We do them because we've been called by a God who loves each and every one of us. We've been called by a God who has filled us with love and with gifts and things to share. And we do it because we've seen a glimpse of God's kingdom. And we've been sent out into our own lives, into the people we meet, into our careers, to share that glimpse with others. We've been called, each and every one of us, to build the kingdom of God one relationship at a time, one life at a time. We're called to go out and build the kingdom of God in our own places and in our own ways and in our own time. But we go out together as one body of Christ gathered and centered around this altar and around our God who died and rose again for each and every one of us. Amen.